Today's gospel is from Matthew chapter 20. This will serve as the basis for our meditation this morning. We hear a parable that Jesus gives uh, that teaches us about the attitude of a servant that's out of line with work in the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do with I, what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, this is another week of good friction. It's a, it's a big old rub going on. Ever since, by nature, our eyes look for what's easy and pleasurable and what we can gain and find for ourselves, ever since Jesus says, Behold, I tell you a different way, a way of the cross, a way that struggles the best kind of struggle, the good, fights the good fight of faith. This is the, this is the turn, the turn of repentance and sorrow over sin, the turn that says, I want to do what pleases God and not what pleases me. Take, take the world. Give me Jesus. Ever since that turn, we struggle. We are in a friction mode. We are trying to put to death and leave this in the dust. Leave it behind that we might gain Christ and be found in him. That's in fact where we're going in weeks ahead. We're going to talk that talk and we're going to hear that language. We're going to have that goal, right? 
Ever since we started this series and we took up the way of the cross, deny yourselves and follow me, there's been this really good friction and, and more than friction. This is like the sanding that like needs to be done. Get rid of all the rough stuff. We want to be yours, Lord. We want to glorify you. And that is the struggle only believers have. Others don't have it. And again, today, we're introduced to something just for disciples. This isn't a sin for anybody else. It's for those in a very unique position. It's for those who have been blessed by God to know the name of Jesus Christ and the grace that takes away all of your sins despite you and what you've done. You know all of this, and yet what happens next? You continue to struggle. And you continue to want to turn back to old things. In the context of this gospel in Matthew chapter 20, um, it's like, it sounds silly to say, it comes after chapter 19, but it does come after chapter 19. And in chapter 19, in the second half, there was that rich young man, there was this, this man who comes up to Jesus, and he's, he is all disciple mode. He is Jesus mode. He's God mode. And he's, he says to Jesus, what, must, what good thing should I do that I can gain eternal life? Right? He's looking for that. Make sure I cover all the bases and don't leave anything undone. Let me t- tell me what to do to finish my service to God, to finish my work for God. We're talking about service and our attitude and work today. He wanted to get this off his chest and, and, and finished. So, Tell me what good thing I'm supposed to do. And they talk about the commandments and, and Jesus says, yeah, beyond that, go and he says, sell. Jesus tells him this, go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and then come follow me. Did you hear those words? Go and sell everything you have, give it to the poor and then come follow me. And, his, and he's like walking away all sad and the disciples are there with Jesus as this this disciple of God is not wanting to part. So it was kind of like going the way of the cross, but he's hanging on to his wealth, right? He's trying to bring it along with him. Like, can I, but can I keep the wealth and all the things that it brings with it? Can I keep that too? And it was dead weight. And Jesus says, no, part with it and follow me. Part with everything and follow me. And the disciples panic. And they look at Jesus and they say, who then can be saved? Like, who can shed all, th- who can turn their sin and their temptations into the dead weight enough to follow you with everything we have? Where you are it to us in our hearts. They have that panic moment. They say, who then can be saved? And Jesus is honest. <laughs> and he says, it's impossible. It's impossible for you but not with God. It is like the, great, that the greatest but not you could ever hear, but not with God. All things are possible, right, for God. And he, just as he slams the door in their face like it's impossible for you, he opens it right back up in a totally new way that from God's perspective, he can give and provide and do everything that you need to get there for eternal life. That's the kind of giver that he is. 
This is what makes a Christian a Christian, right? Is to hear the good news of Christ. It's all from God and contained in it. Glory be to God the Father. Glory be to God the Son. Glory be to God the Spirit. This is our one-sided directional praise for a reason. And then, before the chapter's done, Peter's hanging out with a little pinky finger. <laughs> and he says, Wait, Jesus, you said something about leaving everything and then come follow you? We did that. So, it's almost like what just happened with who then can be saved and with, man, this is impossible. With God, it, all things are possible. Like, Peter cut that section out and he, he heard what, he, what was said about the rich man, go and sell everything you have and this is what's left. What, what good thing should I do to get eternal life? I want to be a kingdom guy. And Peter's thinking to himself, wait, did you hear the formula? Did you just hear the program? Like I could write a chapter on how to be the perfect disciple of Jesus. I could write that book. I could make a bunch of money. Like, here's the step to do. Go and sell. If you leave everything, and then you go follow him. And he took kind of, I, I haven't forgotten what you said, Jesus. I kind of skipped something in the middle, I think. But I'm back to what you said. Leave everything and come follow me. Jesus, we have done that. We've left everything to follow you. And Jesus gives them a really gentle two-part answer. And the first part is, you know what? God doesn't miss a thing. And he will reward to each. God is going to be a very happy camper on the last day. And you're going to see people you didn't expect to be blessed, and he's going to bless them, and he's going to give, and he's just going to pour out all sorts of wonderful things in the huge celebration of this eternal family that he has made. God is going to do that. And God has you in mind, disciples, too. You will sit on 12 thrones. Jesus gave them a very encouraging, you know, your sacrifice, your following me, your being my disciples and, and apostles in this world. Yes, God's paying attention. God cares. But then he also says, Peter, don't dwell on that. It will poison your soul. And he gives them a principle that you heard at the very end of the gospel for today. Jesus says it at the front, and then he says it again as the meaning of the parable at the very end, which you heard. That the first will be last, and the last will be first. Peter, you need to know this. If you're sitting here saying, we did the leave everything and follow you thing. If you're sitting there holding out your foot and Jesus, the glass slipper, goes right here. It's a perfect fit for this foot. Think again. It's the wrong theme. Your service isn't about what you have left behind and a record of what you are going to hold up to God. How long of a work day you have served. Do you see what we did? That's not going to get you anywhere in the kingdom of God. It's not how it works here. It's a place of grace and gifts. It's a giving God. I'm generous. There's nothing that you can hold up that's going to change that. I am going to give to people in a way that they don't deserve. You need that way or you lose it. 
So if you're the first one fit for the glass slipper, watch out, Peter. You will be out. You'll be the last. And those last ones who say to themselves, I am a sinner. I wear the full, all six letters. Sinner. I wear it all. That's me. I don't deserve to have my pinky toe live for a minute in the kingdom of God. They will be first, Jesus says. So he tells this story to help with the framework that in our earthly circumstances, in in our view of things, there's a lot of disparity in the kingdom. There's a lot of different kinds of service. There's a lot of different kinds of working. There's a lot of different time periods where somebody shared the word of God with you and you came to faith and you come to church. And there's a lot of variance with us. And we hope that we find new people. I don't care if it's noon or three o'clock in the afternoon at, at the last hour before judgment day. We hope that we can find new people and share with them the good things of God. But Jesus sets up this on purpose because you have the who were hired first. You have those who gave up the whole day. You have those who were, we've left everything to follow you. These five o'clockers, they're so different. There's so much disparity in the earthly sight of things, isn't there? Do we all give the same amount in the offering plate? We all don't have the same opportunity to give the same thing in the offering plate. Have we all served in church council as many terms as the guy next to us? Have you all been a part of the committee? Have you all decorated the church and changed the banners as much as the other people that have? Have you all hung out on church property? Have you all loved your families the way like every other person has loved their families? Have you all been the husbands and wives that somebody else has been husband and wives? Are, is there disparity? Is, there, are, is God going to pay attention to all of this? You see who the the pre-dawn hirees are and the nine o'clockers and the 12 o'clockers, what about those Christians who denied themselves in their marriage? What about those Christians who denied themselves as people and went to serve others in their sphere of service? What about those bosses who denied themselves compared to the ones who at the last second claimed the name of Christ? Isn't that different? And Jesus pays them all the denarius. Eternal life. This is how I give. For the one who was the first one here and the last to leave, and the one who was here for about five minutes, gives them all the same gift. When we see this disparity we are doing things inside our hearts that are focusing on all the wrong details and they drive us into the wrong theme it's why we had to sing the word glory today that word like forgiveness last week was just that special word so is the word glory and you think about the way the way the glory of god works Think about a word like glory and the glory for myself. Like who gets the end word? There's going to be so many people that can give you a eulogy 
when you die. So many people that will pay attention to the kind of boss that you were, the kind of spouse that you were, the kind of dad, the kind of mom, the kind of employee, the kind of worker, the kind of faithful, the kind of committed. They're going to pay attention to all these things and they will sing about you someday. They will talk of these things up when you have gone. That's what they will do. But is any of that anything compared to what God says? Is any of it anything? We see all of this difference. We pay attention to the glory or the praise that comes from people. The glory that we see in our lives that is people-centered, that is, that is me-centered, and how I view commitment and faithfulness, and it should count for something. It's like standing in a line, right? You stand in a line, and like after doing your time in the line, you should be next. Imagine a line of Jesus, where you waited the two hours in line, you finally get to the front. And then Jesus says, is it okay if you go to the back? I'm going to help the next people first. And you go to the back of the line. And then you do the two hours and you get back to the front of the line. And Jesus says, oh, hi. Do you mind? I will get to you. But do you mind going to the back of the line? I'm going to deal with someone else first. And you go back. Can you imagine just doing this over and over again? And you'd be like, this is not fair. Like, I've been doing my eight hours now, Jesus. Or is it just a blessing to be in the line and know that someday is still someday? It's an attitude of service. What is the praise of God compared to the praise of men? It's the big wrinkle in all of this. I can say, earthly speaking, the greatest things about you I can think of for service and hard work and dedication and showing up, whether online or in person. Worshiping your God, applying your faith to your life, I can see, we can see fruits of faith. We can talk and encourage each other in fruits of faith, but there's nothing like what God says to you. And that's what you get to hear in this tension of what is forfeited if you're going to hold your hours spent and your sacrifices made and your offerings given and your time spent and your service to other people in your life, if you're going to hold this up and say, but I was a Christian spouse for 40 years. That person became a Christian at year 39. And you, if you're going to live in all of this disparity and hold this up, you are, you are arguing with the generous God. When Jesus puts everybody on the same shelf and you say, it is surely better to be over here, you're trying to do one of these to what Jesus is giving equal attention to in, in the spirit of his grace and his gifts. Do you understand that? And he comes back with these words and he says to this, these murmurers and these complainers who like, Poor us. We had to work the heat of the day and the hard part. We weren't the ones coming in to clean up the place for tomorrow's day in the last hour. He says to them, are you envious because I'm generous? Look me in the eye, says Jesus. 
would you rather be a five o'clocker? That's what he just said. Are you envious of the five o'clockers because I'm generous? Be careful, Peter. If you do that, you don't know anything about the gift of God. Are you going to be envious of those who don't know Jesus now? Because they, they can serve their money and they can have their happy way. And they don't struggle with the way of the cross like you do. They're not dealing with temptation like you have. Are you envious? Are you envious of this? Would you rather not know and just wait? Should we just eat, drink, and be merry, and we'll just call it when the five minute, if you could just give us the five minute warning, then we can fall on our hands and knees and say, Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus. We'll save that for the end. Would you rather be the five o'clocker and you would forfeit the Christian education, the Christian service, and the spirit of God with you? Because there is no one and there is nothing in all the world that will talk to you like your God talks to you. There's no one who will look at you and say, I want to give them what I want to give, and I want to give them all the same. I want to bless them all equally. There's no one who will make the last the first. There's no one else who takes your little pinky toe corner of heaven that you don't even deserve, and he picks you out at the back of the crowd at the gates of heaven, and he says, come on up here. I'm talking about you right now. The Father's going to do this on the last day. He is going to exalt. He'll make the last the first. And I say, you weren't just part-time committed and part-time faithful, the best eulogy somebody could give you. You're mine. And you're holy. By the blood of Jesus, God will say about you in a, in a praise and a sparkle that is far above and beyond anything you'd hear from anybody else as he takes the last and he, he lives to do this. This is his glory, isn't it? It's his glory. It's what we praise him for. You lifted me up from the pit of death. You took me off from the ground. You took me back and you told me to stand in the peace of God. What? You, you not just made me people worthy for praise, Jesus, you've made me God-worthy. You've made me sparkle as a bride, unblemished and pure. There's nothing in the world that can talk to you like God does. But push you so high and say, come, all of you, not just pinky toe. Bring your whole self in. Sit by my side. Brothers and sisters, this, this is the way God blesses on the way of the cross. So we struggle even with this attitude that wants to abuse grace and change, change our service and who's doing how much. The only time we actually make that comparison is when you're looking at other people. When it comes to who's doing how much, it's not my cost that gets the focus. My 12-hour day my sacrifice, my we've left everything to follow you. It's the cost of God to take away my sins and pay for this unworthy servant. It's the blood of Jesus that really deserves mentioning. And this is different. 
in the kingdom of God, isn't it? With one so generous. That's a good motor. That's a good motivator for you. It's a good engine inside your chest to live that way, to serve that way. Thinking about what God has done, there is nothing like it. There's no one who will say so much about you in the last day besides him. Let's grow up. Let's grow up with Peter. With man, it was impossible anyway. But not with God. He gives too generously. And he gives it to you. To God be the glory. Amen.